hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. The Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Well, it's called like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right right back. He's not that Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. He- this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Dexter. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. Bashir staggered by a big left hand. On a penalty shot. Score! Blue guard down the wing. Blue guard pulls away. Score! Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting! This should be good. This should be very good. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 71 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who dropped the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Today, we have a fantastic guest, and that is Justin Schmidt. Justin played pro hockey back in the early to mid-2000s and actually retired, did some MMA, and went into rodeo for a bit. And he is back this season with the Columbus River Dragons in the FPHL and has had some absolute fucking wars with Joe Pace and Nick Williams. Um, so plenty of great talk here. Um, you know, I don't want to make this intro too long. I'm in the process of moving. That's why there wasn't an episode last week. Uh, so I'm trying to make this intro too, too, too long. But I must remind you that the Five for Fighting podcast is, in fact, a proud member of the Six Pack Media Coverage. Six Pack Media Coverage is a media group that covers not only just sports, but finance, fitness, health, travel, and much, much more. So I encourage you to check that out. And if you actually want to watch the video of this podcast of, you know, my interview with Justin Schmidt, head on over to the Six Pack Coverage YouTube channel. The link will be in the description of this episode, and you can head over there and actually watch the interview. And I'm sure many of you are probably skipping to that right now and going over there so you don't have to hear me yap for the next five to ten minutes or whatever it is. Um, so I encourage you to go over there, subscribe to them. They have got, they're starting to get more and more shows out there, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So I encourage you to go check out Six Pack Coverage on YouTube. Um, but like I said to guys, so I apologize. I'm moving, and it's been kind of hectic lately. Even tonight, my it sucks. My wife has to go all the way to Orlando tonight and come right back tomorrow, and that's from from here down to Fort Myers. It's like a four-hour drive. So it's literally our, our house or our apartment right now is just a maze of boxes. It's just me and the dog tonight. So, um, you know, I was able to record and get all this done, so that was kind of nice. I'm not sure if there will be an episode out next week. I'm going to try to hopefully record one maybe Monday night or Monday evening. Um and kind of get after it. We'll see if I can. I'm not sure yet. So we will see what happens with that. But uh, I got a pretty good idea of what I want to do. I want to do a, a kind of a, I asked this question a while back of if um, it, like certain enforcers should have their jersey numbers retired. Uh, I, hypothetically speaking, of course, we're talking into the details of that. Um, 
And I also want to do a ECHL kind of year in review and my experience watching the Everblades play down here in South Florida. So it was a lot of fun, but I want to do kind of a whole episode regarding that. And of course, bitching and moaning about some some fight fans or just fans in general who don't understand why shit happens and why hockey fights happen for a certain reason. But um, that's neither here nor there. So also, side note, I encourage you to check out Darren over at the fourth line voice, the original enforcer podcast does a great job. We actually brought up some players in this interview with Justin Schmidt that have been uh, both on my podcast and then uh, other players who have been on uh, Darren's podcast like Colt King. So a lot of fun there. So I encourage you to check out his, not only his podcast, but his YouTube channel. He posts plenty of fights, much like mine where mine is just the ECHL or excuse me. I should say unlike mine, that mine is just the ECHL. Darren has fights from multiple different leagues, LNH, uh, CHL, UHL, juniors, NHL. It doesn't matter. Darren posted all a phenomenal YouTube channel um, all the way out there in Saskatchewan. And the other podcast I got to mention is, of course, Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Joe is an Islanders-based enforcer podcast who covers the tough guys who uh, with, are with the Islanders. And they have, um, you know, he's done... Phenomenal interviews, but it, it basically it's based around, as you can tell by the name, Coliseum Chronicles. It's with the Islanders. So if they, if, excuse me, if it is a former player of the Islanders farm team, uh, whether they played in the big club or, you know, their ECHL team or their AHL team, whatever it was at the time, uh, Joe has likely interviewed them. So Joe does a tremendous job. Both those guys do a phenomenal job and they, they always pump the tires of this show. So um, you always got to give a shout out to those guys, but yeah, so I have one last little whiskey shooter here. My wife managed to find it somehow uh, from our liquor cabinet as she was packing up. She's like, you want to see? Yeah, I'll shoot it before. So I figured I will do one last whiskey shot. My time in Fort Myers was a lot of fun. We actually move not tomorrow night, but Wednesday night. So I will do one last little whiskey shot. It's like a little, it's just a little Jack Daniels shooter bottle. So I'll uh, get it going here as a last two raw, but my time down here in Fort Myers was actually a lot of fun and I did enjoy it, but I'm really looking forward to moving to North Carolina. So here we go. Bottoms up. I'm sure you obviously can't see me, but you'll be able to hear it. Ooh, I'll put some lead in your pencil. So there you have it. One last whiskey shot, a nice little send off from North Carolina is going to North Carolina. Um, but yeah, folks, I'll keep it short. He came here for Justin Schmidt, and like I said, I encourage you to go check out the YouTube video of the interview. Um, it also helped the podcast grow and helped Six Pack grow, and uh, that's a benefit for not only the media group but myself. Um, it's important to get these guys' stories out here. Justin has a phenomenal story. He's actually going to be competing in the Ice Wars tournament. We touch on that a little bit in this interview, so... Looking forward to seeing that. But if you want to check out the pod's YouTube channel and stay up to date with all the ECHL fights, just search Five for Fighting Podcast on YouTube. It'll come right up. You can see all the latest fights in the ECHL. Um, I, I go through box scores every night that there's games played. Very rarely do I miss a night where they're not posted the following day. Um, for the most part, they're all posted the following day. Every once in a while, um, if I'm really busy that weekend, most of the time if it's a Saturday, they'll get posted on like Sunday evening or Monday uh, Monday evening. So you can go check that out. And if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, uh, all the links to this stuff is provided in the description of the podcast. So uh, easy access there. You can go check that out. But if you're just searching, uh, just five for fighting podcast on any of those platforms, it'll pull right up and give it a like or a follow. I encourage you to, I appreciate all the support. And one last thing, if you could please rate and review the show, it'll help the podcast grow, help, uh, you know, when, when people search hockey podcast, it'll get 
get Pfeiffer fighting out there a little bit more. So please leave a review of the podcast. The last one was, uh, I forget what it, what it even said, but it was left by Mr. 69 or something like that. Tremendous review. Um, but thank you to all those who have left a review. And if you haven't, please, I encourage you to, uh, you know, leave a review, not only on my show, but Joe and Darren's as well. Help, help us all grow. We're little fish in the big pond when you got guys like spitting chiclets out there and doing whatever else. So, uh, but anyways, guys, that was all the time I'll take up. I got to get back to doing a little bit of last minute pack in here. We got like the little onesies and twosies of miscellaneous items. So thank you, Justin, for taking the time to do this interview. And it was a lot of fun. So without further ado, guys, I appreciate you tuning in. Here is Justin Schmidt. Thanks, everybody. This should be good. This should be very good. All right. Here tonight, we have a man who has come out of retirement after stepping away from the game to go pursue some MMA and boxing. He's had some legendary fights with Nick Williams and Joe Pace already this season. And that is one Mr. Justin Schmidt. Justin, how are you doing tonight, man? Good, man. How about yourself? Good. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and talk some uh, some fight stories. You've kind of taken the whole FPHL by storm this year with uh, some of your fights. They've already been broken down by like John Boy Media, which is one of like the biggest baseball channels. But when he covers hockey stuff, it blows up. So it, it's insane. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, the the game, the game, the direction of the game's changed so much. Um, you know, with these young guys, with these young guys now and stuff, and I think. People are just excited to, you know, to have guys like me and Pacer and Willie still kicking around and, you know, bringing that exciting brand of hockey to the, you know, to the minors, right? Oh, exactly. It's, it's true. And, you know, the FPHL, it's a, I've always wanted to catch a game. I'd like to catch one once I move up to North Carolina this coming week. Um, I know there's a couple of teams around there. Um, but I, I've always, it's just, it's an exciting league. You know, some people say it might resemble slap shot a little bit. I think like last year, Nick Wright got into it with the coach. Uh, when he was playing for Columbus, and I know Nick's listening to the show, but no, it's a fun league, man. And uh, like I said, you've been taking it by storm this year. Yeah, I just, uh, I've been, I guess I've been, like I said, I've been been pretty fortunate that there's still, you know, there's I'm still able to stay stay relevant in a sense. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, my skill set's not, you know, I've definitely lost a stride or two um, since I started playing the game, but, you know, I'm lucky that, you know, there's still a you know, a few old tough guys left for, uh, for me to still collect a paycheck. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, we'll jump right into it. So you were actually born in Strathmore, Alberta. Um, when did you start playing hockey? Where, where was it like straight as soon as you could start walking, you put on skates and got on the pond or, uh, did it come a little bit um, later for you? Yeah, I was, I like, I'm actually from Saskatchewan. I was, I'm, oh, okay. I grew up in, I grew up in Saskatchewan. Um, yeah, as long as I can remember, I, you know, had skates on my feet. Um, my uncle was, you know, I, my uncle was a big, big Habs fan. So I, you know, I grew up a Montreal Canadiens fan and, and yeah, right from, right from the, from the word go, I think I was, I had skates on my feet. I remember, I remember putting my skates on and tearing the shit out of my grandma's uh, linoleum one night. She, I don't know, she, her and grandpa went out somewhere and they left me with a babysitter or something. And I put my skates on and just completely shredded their kitchen. And I was, I was in pretty big shit after that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, as long as long as I can remember, I've had I've had skates on my feet. Right on, man. So, well, you actually got into the SJHL, which unfortunately I can't um, I can't pull up your fight card from there because, of course, drop your gloves is gone. I'm sure you probably knew about that site back then. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, but but you, you put up some solid pims. You almost had, I think, 300 your first year. Or no, excuse me, that was your first year in Huntsville. But you put up some great pim numbers out in the SJ. When did the fighting kind of start? Did it start when you were kind of a teenager? Uh, you know, like or maybe like that, almost like that mid-teens where you're kind of like 12, 13. Did you start adapting to the role, that physical side of hockey more when checking was allowed in, in like the peewee leagues that you were, you were in? Yeah, I had, you know, like back home back then, you know, in like the early, mid-90s, you could, you know, right from, you know, Adam, novice Adam, Pee-wee, Bantam, you could fight and you'd just get kicked out of the game and then, you know, you'd be back the next one. You didn't get suspended or anything like that. Um, so, I, you know, I always had one or two. And then I was always, you know, kind of a, you know, middle-of-the-pack player on the better teams. You know, I'd be like, a, you know, like a, I'm, you know, a, a six forward or, a, you know, second or third defenseman you know, growing up on the rep teams. Um, and then I went, I went and played, uh, I went and played midget triple a um, when I was 16 and, and that, you know, at that time, every, there was a lot of tough kids playing midget triple a then that was in 2000 or something. And uh, I started really fighting. And then that's when I went to, you know, I started going to junior camps when I was 16. And back then, you know, you go to a junior camp and sometimes you'd fight, eight or nine times in a weekend. Um, and then, you know, after my first year made a AAA, I kind of came to the conclusion that I was probably never going to make it, you know, just on skill alone. Um, so then, you know, 17, you know, my 17 year old year, I, you know, was, you know, I, I logged a few minutes um, as a D man, but I think I had 12 or 13 majors in mid AAA. And then, yeah, in junior, like right from, Right from, you know, my first first game of junior, I was going going to everybody just trying to trying to make a name for myself. And like I took some savage beatings, you know, <laughs> when I was a, when I was a teenager, like I was 18 years old. And I'm fighting, you know, 20 year olds with full beards and, you know, I'm like five foot eight, 160 pounds. And, you know, somebody somebody told me an old jujitsu coach of mine actually said uh you know, before you're going to get your blue belt in jujitsu, you got to get a black belt, get your ass kicked. And uh, I definitely got a, I definitely got my black belt getting my ass kicked uh, those first <laughs> few years of junior. <laughs> oh man. Um, so you know, with, with, with the fighting in junior and I know you have, uh, like I mentioned before with the MMA and kind of the boxing, did you start any of that when you were in junior? Uh, I started boxing when I was real young, like, gotcha. you know, six, seven years old. I was, you know, I was, I was, I had, I had gloves on my hands and I was, you know, hitting the bag and, you know, taking, taking lessons and stuff. I didn't, I didn't have too many amateur fights. Um, and I didn't actually really take it, take it to the next level until I was kind of semi-retired from playing, playing the pro game. Um, and I was playing senior back home and, and I opened, I actually opened a, an MMA gym. Um, and then I, you know, then I started taking it, you know, you know, turned it into kind of my full-time, full-time job. And that's when I, I think around 2009 ish, um, I, you know, became a, a full-time MMA fighter, full-time professional MMA fighter. Right on, man. Um, so you actually ended up for your first year, what a team to get thrown onto, uh, for your first year pro you end up in Huntsville. How did you actually end up there from the SJ? Um, I actually, uh, I actually, 
I went to, uh, I was in, I started in Elmira actually. Oh, okay. In the, in the old United league. And, uh, and they, you know, they were, they they were so, they had so much skill and so many tough guys, right? Like that, I think that year they had like Dale Lupul, Curtis Tidball, um, Chris Shaw, like they were, you know, pretty, pretty, and I was raw, right? I was 21 years old and I definitely couldn't keep up. And they, you know, they basically just kind of said to me, you know, like, go down, go down to the Southern league in Huntsville and develop. And, you know, we'll see how it kind of progresses. And I was devastated, right? I'm like, my life's over, you know, like, you know, I'm, not, you know, I'm getting caught again. I'm 21. And, and I went, uh, I went down to Huntsville and I'm playing with like James Patterson, Mike DeGurse, Matt Carmichael, uh, Kelly Miller, like all these guys, you know, these old guys that are just legends of the game down there. Right. And it's Huntsville, Alabama, you know, Trevor Krasowicz was there. And it's Huntsville, Alabama, which, you know, I, I, I knew nothing about the state of Alabama, right? Like, you know, I'm a Canadian kid, right? And come down from New York and I just absolutely fell in love with, you know, the Southern culture and, you know, just everything about being in the South. Um, and yeah, like I, I was just a kid and I had all these old, you know, these old vets on my team. Luke Phillips was on our team. Dan Buccello was on our team. And there's so many tough guys in the league at that time. And, like I said, I just, you know, I'd always, always kind of fought to stay, you know, to stay in the, in the thick of things. Right. You know, like I was playing a little bit, but I always had to fight to stay in the thick of things. I think my first year in Huntsville, I had, you know, 300 penalty minutes or close to 300 pims. And every one of those penalty minutes was fighting a heavy, you know, <laughs> like every, every night I was fighting, you know, I'd look down the bench and there'd be eight or nine guys that I could potentially, you know, get my ass kicked by. Right. Well, according to hockeyfights.com, you managed to ha- rack up 22 fights that season in your rookie year. And like you said, this isn't uh this isn't the SJ anymore. These dudes are established and they're they're big dudes. Um so you 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 had 49 games and threw up 274 pims. That's getting after it. Um you know, how but before you get into some of the guys you fought cuz I have some of the names down. How was it I got to ask about Goose, of course, because he, well, one, he, uh, he helped me get you on the show here and two, I had him on the show previously. So do you have any good Goose stories that are, I won't say family friendly, but podcast friendly. PG-13 Goose story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, Goose, Goose was, Goose was my best friend that year. He, you know, he treated me like, you know, Goose was probably as old then as I am now, you know? Right. So I was this young, like wild kid coming in. Goose is kind of that, that old you know vet and i remember you know i was always kind of a you know goose is a monster you know goose is six four two thirty and i was five ten two hundred pounds and you know i'm fighting all these 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 beasts right and goose you know i was always a pretty clean fighter you know i never did i never did too much too much dirty shit and goose was like man you like fuck you if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna keep fighting these guys you gotta make them scared of you like fucking eye gouge them, rip, you know, bite, bite them, do something, you know, headbutt them, right? <laughs> like, Goose, I can't do that, right? But but that's the way Goose played the game. And, you know, the guy's got, the guy's got championship rings from four different teams. Um, he's a great captain and, you know, like he's a great friend. He's a great leader. But, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine playing against Mike DeGurse. Like, he, he, he absolutely terrifies me and he's one of my best friends in the world, you know? 
Right. Absolutely. And for those for those uh, you know listening, I, I encourage you to go check out a video. Uh, it's a well, look up any Degers fight and just go down the rabbit hole and you'll you'll be entertained for for hours. But go check out a fight if you want to talk about some of like the dirtier shit or whatever. It's up in the Quebec League. He's playing with Laval and he's fighting. Uh, I think it was Valenti at the time. Takes his helmet off, throws his helmet at Valenti, then goes after him, and you know that's the shit. That so it's like you said, he's just a a different breed of of fucking An tough guy. An absolute lunatic. <laughs> like I've seen Goose go into other teams' benches. Like like I've seen like he was he was. He was probably the craziest human being I ever um, I ever played hockey with. And then, you know, off the ice, he's he's probably one of the most genuine, gentle human beings. Like, you know, I I stayed with him and his him and his wife last summer when I came down here and like, you know, just open opens his home to me and, you know, you know, his he's got a beautiful family in Huntsville now and he's just a, he's just a great great human being. Yeah, for sure. It was uh, it was really cool to meet him, and uh, you know, I, I it sucks that we were there for such a short amount of time. We couldn't do more and get together and talk about some old uh, old SPHL or Central League stories or anything like that. But I'm sure it would have been a riot. Uh, another guy I got to ask you about on that team was Luke Phillips, who of course is another former guest of the show. So I got to ask you about Luke Phillips real quick. How was it playing with him? Oh, Philly, Philly was wild. Philly was cut from like Philly was a smaller guy like myself, um, but Philly was Philly was pretty wild i remember we had a we had a bench brawl against richmond one night and he uh he tried to kick a guy like the guy was bent over and philly tried to kick him in the face with his skate <laughs> like philly was philly was about as wild as they came and philly had absolutely zero athletic skills in his entire body like i i have very limited athletic skills and I have more athletic skill in my pinky than Philly has in his entire body. <laughs> but Philly would absolutely do anything to anyone to to win a hockey game or, you know, to to excite the crowd. Like Philly, Philly is the ultimate competitor. He almost reminds you ever see that show Rudy? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's that that's kind of Luke Phillips. Right on. Except like really, 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 really tough too. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, man. Um well, getting into some of your fights here, of course, you had 22 of them, but I kind of dug up some of the, the bigger names that folks might know. Um, one of them is actually Matt Goody. What was it like fighting him? I was – so Goody was ripping ripping the league apart. Like, Goody was tearing the league apart that year. I think he just got sent down from Providence. I think he was in Boston and then went to the American League in Providence and then ended up in Richmond playing for John Brophy. And Goody was absolutely shredding people apart. And Goody's a, a massive human being. And so Goody and Brendan Tedstone, you know Teddy? Oh, yeah, Butterbean. Yeah, so Goody and Tedstone are good buddies, and Teddy and I are good buddies. So we had Richmond. My first game against Goody was Richmond came to Huntsville. And Teddy, like, so Goody had already heard about me. And Teddy, I was talking to Teddy on the phone and he's like, yeah, you know, good. He really wants you tonight. You know, it's, it's going to happen. And I'm like, absolutely shitting my pants the night before. Right. Like, I, I don't think I slept a wink. So I'm, you know, laying in bed, heart's beating and goose comes and grabs me for pregame skate. And goose is like, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to fucking fight that guy tonight, man. I got him. And it was like goose's first game back and, you know, almost a year. He hadn't played in almost a year. And Goose went out and fought that night for me. And then 
we played them again. We played Richmond again um, later on at home. And I was like, I got to do it. Like, if I'm going to have any self-respect left, I'm going to have to fight Matt Goody. And we square, we we didn't take, because we didn't have to wear windshields at that time, right? So it was just, you know, just straight helmets. So very rarely did we take off our own helmet before a fight. So me and Goody are kind of having one. And he, I remember him hitting me on top of the head with my helmet on. And all of a sudden, like, my helmet was completely loose. And I was like, you know, I couldn't really find my couldn't really see and he hit me so hard that it like blew all the rivet all the screws and rivets out of my helmet <laughs> and like like almost like on that show goon when he punches the guy in the stand and the guy's helmet explodes oh yeah <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what happened when when goody hit me and then i just kind of tied him up it was it was a decent fight i don't think there's any any footage of it out there but he probably he probably was one of the guys that hit me the hardest for sure yeah, no kidding. If you're breaking a bucket, you got to have a fucking cinder block on your hand there. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, another guy that you fought that season, and I, I had him on the show. I uh, was fortunate enough to to get him on, but that was uh, Craig Stahl, the chief. What was it like fighting him, man? Stahl's you is such a cool guy. So, like, I'm playing in Columbus now, right? So his jersey's in the rafters. Right. You know, and he was, he was our coach, Jerome's first captain. So, you know, like, when Jerome took over as the head coach in Columbus, Stalzy was his first captain. Um, you know, the chief was, he, he was such a good player too. And he was a pretty honest player. Like as tough as he was, he played the game the right way. And I fought him. Uh, I fought him, you know, half, partway through the season and we had a pretty good scrap. And it, like, I, I split him open pretty good in the fight. Like he was cut, cut open and, we got to the penalty box and he was bleeding and he's looked over at me and I think he was like almost excited for me that, you know, that like, I, I, you know, I, cause he knew, you know, he knows what it's like being a young kid fighting an old veteran like that. He's like, Smitty, look what you did, man. Like you did good tonight, kid. So then, so then at the end of that game, he was all stitched up and some kind of scrum happened. And I went after somebody, and all of a sudden I see these gloves shoot out in front of me. I turn around, and it's Stalzy again. So me and Stalzy fought twice that night, and then it was at the end of the game, so we were both suspended. And we had a home-and-home. Home. We played in Huntsville on the Friday, and then we were in Columbus on the Saturday. And, like, I don't know if you're familiar with Columbus, but, like, across across from the rink, um, there's, you know, some gas stations. And I was suspended, so I walked. I walked across to the gas station and, you know, there, it's kind of a rougher area. Like there's always, always shootings and stuff over there. <laughs> and, uh, so I went over to the gas station to grab something. And I was, I was walking out of the gas station and, you know, all these characters that were there, you know, I'm just this like little skinny kid from Saskatchewan and all these characters are out there and they're, you know, like harassing me and, you know, they're probably going to beat the shit out of me and steal my money. And Stalzy pulled up in his truck and he's like, get in buddy I got you. he was suspended too it just, just happened he was at the gas station at the same time as so i jumped in his truck and this is like so the night before i split him open for stitches and then we were both suspended from our second fight he drove me back to the ring before i got before i got before i got robbed <laughs> that's tremendous you're fighting fighting him to the game before then he's enforcing for you protecting you off the ice there protecting me <laughs> yeah exactly and that was really the only time, only time I met him. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if that was his last year, but we, you know, we fought that one night and then we played. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, like I, I, I would like to, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, I always had a tremendous amount of respect for and, you know, like the way he played the game and it'd be cool to, you know, sit, sit down and, 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 you know, kind of pick his brain and tell some stories about them old days. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, I, man, I think me and him had like a two hour long interview. It was late, late yeah. night one night we were both, I think we were both getting after it and we were both just drunk as shit <laughs> at the end of the episode. Um, it was a good time. No, so, uh, stall is a great dude. Um, and so another dude, you know, the last guy we'll touch on from your, your Huntsville Havoc days, uh, and I believe he was actually a former teammate of yours in the SJ, was uh, David Siegel. Oh, Siegs. Yeah, Siegs and I were, we were we, we lived together um, our 20-year-old year. We lived together in Melfort, and we were, we were really good buddies. And then he came to, um, he went to Knoxville, and I went to, I went to Huntsville. So we had that, you know, that Knoxville-Huntsville kind of rivalry and yeah we fought each other we fought each other a bunch that year but the funny thing was you know like we were both just trying to make a name for ourselves and we were good friends and stuff but it was never never any hard feelings but we had military military night in um in huntsville so the 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 arena was sold out in huntsville i don't know what the bbc seats like seven or eight thousand and you know there's a whole big section of troops and their camels, right? This big camouflage section. And I managed to get, get, get the, uh, get the upper hand on Siegs. And, uh, and after the fight, this is the only time in my career I ever did anything after a fight as far as like celebrate or showboat. And I turned to the troops and like saluted them. And the place went nuts and I felt really cool. So the next night we're in Knoxville and it's their military. Night. So we have a home and home with Knoxville and it's their military night. So me and Sieg square off and Sieg's absolutely fucking pistol whips me, like beats the living shit out of me. And like, I'm laying, laying in the middle of the ice in a puddle of blood and Sieg just buries his head and skated off. And it was the ultimate kick in the face. Like I was like, "Man, you're so much cooler than me." <laughs> so after that, I will never, ever, ever, ever showboat because shit like that will always, always, always come back to haunt you. And realistically, showboating at a fight I, after a fight, I think it's completely fucking disrespectful and you know, kind of obscene, actually. <laughs> Yeah, for for some of the fights, like you know, if it's both for momentum and you kind of want to hype up the crowd a little bit, I, I don't mind it. Like you know, if again, if you're like disrespecting the guy or something, it's a bit different. Um, you know, I know, I think it got famous once Ty Domi started doing it. I think that's when he started seeing more of like the uh, the after fight antics and stuff like that. Yeah, if you want to see that shit, watch professional wrestling. <laughs> oh man. Um, so actually, the next season you ended up with the Rocky Mountain Rage out in the CHL, um, and you fought a couple one one dude minor league legend, but we'll get to him. Uh, but you had a teammate on on that uh, that roster with you, and he was actually on my buddy uh, Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice. Uh, better send my fucking check in the mail for pumping his tires for his podcast. Uh, but Colt King was uh, one of your teammates out there. What was it like, oh. what was it like playing with Colt King, man? I I. I love Kigner. Him and I are him and I are still, you know, like we don't stay in touch as much as as I'd like to. But Kigner and I were, were really close that year. He lived with, jeez, uh, who did he live with? He, I think he lived with a guy named Pat Sutton. Um, and yeah, King, Kinger was Kinger was like as tough as they came. But 
I kind of took, I took the, the you know, kind of took the most um, of the fights at that time because Kinger, you know, Kinger was more of an American League guy. You know, he's down in the Central League, and he he didn't have to fight. He was one of our best of our best fours. But anytime, anytime I saw Kinger drop the gloves, he's a big left hand. He's a big southpaw. And every time I saw Kinger drop the gloves, like somebody was somebody was getting beat up. Yeah, cool. He was one of those guys. Like towards the end, he didn't have as many fights, but he just laid the hammer on dudes. It was just you could tell like he was he was fucking tough, man. Colt King is. Oh, tough. he was. He was nuts, and he was a little older, and I was pretty young and squirrely back then too. And there was a lot of nights that that Kinger used to have to carry me home. You know, I was and <laughs> we'd we'd go out and I'd get a little carried away, and, and uh, Kinger would Kinger would carry me home and tuck me into bed and make sure I was. <laughs> Make sure I was safe and sound. <laughs> That's great. Just um, a great. He's just a great. He's a great teammate and a great friend. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know the two guys I'll ask you about from from fighting that out there with uh, with the Rocky Mountain Rage. Uh, one guy who actually was still playing up until recently, I think. I don't think he plays anymore. But uh, Dennis Seacard. Yeah. So so Danny. I got I got I got some Danny stories that I put because Danny and I Danny and I played together in Tulsa later on. Yep. Um, but when I fought him, you know, it's, this is like almost 20 years ago. Um, when I fought him, he, it was, you know, he was kind of just breaking into the league himself. Um, and he was a little bit of a lunatic and I, I don't, you know, I, I know I won the fight. I don't think there's any video of it anywhere, but I know I won the fight. I don't think, I didn't think much of him, you know, like I was like, oh, he's just kind of a little rat. And then later on in his career, like he was absolutely demolishing guys. And, you know, he wasn't that big, you know, he was, he wasn't an overly huge guy, but the thing about, the thing about Danny was he, like, he was so strong. Like he was so physically strong and he was like one of those, like, he was almost like, uh, he almost reminded me of like a bulldog, you know, like he, he had no knack and he just, <laughs> he was a real, he was, he was a tough kid. But yeah. From, from what I remember from our fight, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything to write home about. But when we, uh, when him and I played together in Tulsa, the next year in the Central League, I got he lived uh, he lived right across from from me in our apartments, and it was I lived by myself because I was I was I was married by then, um, so my my ex wife now and my kids and I were um, were living in you know in the one apartment, and him and uh, Jason Lawmaster lived in the other apartment, and yeah we. I could I could tell I could tell you a million stories, but you know you'd never be able to put those ones on the air about uh, <laughs> about about me and Danny and uh, and Lawmaster. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, you know, we'll skip ahead a little bit. But how how was Lawmaster as well? He was he was awesome. He was our captain there, or no, Jeff Christian was the captain, but Lawmaster was was our player assistant. Um, Lawsy was, you know, just a great old like veteran veteran presence on the on the on the back end he was our number one d-man and you know like i said he was he, to me you know i played i played with all those old guys you know like i'm an old guy now but i played with all those guys and you know like i try to provide that same you know i try to treat these young guys the same um as those old guys like him and brent culliton and you know, Goose and Patterson, all those guys, you know, treated me, you know, they, they, you know, they taught me a lot of things about, you know, how to behave off the ice, you know, as well as, as, you know, things, things on the ice, right? Absolutely. Um, so the other guy you fought that year, I'll ask you about, um, 
with rock with the Rocky Mountain Rage. Legendary, well, one a marketing dream with his last name, but legendary tough guy in the minor leagues. Uh, Robin Big Snake. Yeah, so so Snake Snake and I have been best friends. Like we we grew up together. He he grew up twenty miles from me, so we knew each other all growing up. Um, and uh, so we you know we fought we fought a few times, and you know when we were younger growing up. Well, we were always really great friends. You know, I, I actually, to be honest with you, I, I just got off the phone with him uh, last night. He, he, he called me when we were coming back down from Delaware. I had a, I had a bullshit with him on the phone. Um, yeah, so we were in, he was playing for Fort Worth and I was playing for Denver or for, for the rage. And they, they, I think they flew, they flew into Denver and then there was their hotel was somewhere over by us. And uh, Robin called Schmitty, like, let's, uh, you know, let's go for supper or whatever. I haven't seen you in a, you know, a couple months or whatever. Cause we hung out in the summertime every day. We trained together in the summertime. So we, we ended up going out for supper and, you know, having a few and then, you know, ended up getting pretty carried away. And he ended up staying at my house that night. And like, I, he didn't even make it to his hotel room. <laughs> so I drove, I drove him to there. So they pregame skated before us. So I drove him to their pregame skate and then I ended up sleeping in my truck for like an hour. Um, and so that, that night, and I only, I, I played about 30 seconds a game um, at that time. And Robin was, you know, a point of game guy. So it was a pretty good trade-off, I think, you know, for us, him being in as rough a shape as he was. So we, we, I ended up fighting earlier in the game and then, uh, snaker snaker was like hurting like you could you could smell you could smell booze coming out of his pores <laughs> at the face off right and uh and uh snake snake was we were up like seven two against fort worth and there was like 30 seconds left the game and snake uh snake was picking on uh picking on um Chip Dunlevy was the guy's name. Good kid. He was from Denver and Snake was kind of picking on him at the faceoff. Tracy Eglund, our coach, I was kind of like slouched over on the bench and I was kind of a hurting unit too. And Aggie goes, Schmitty, get out there, you know, fight Snake. So I jumped out and pulled Chip off. I'm like, Rob, let's go, you know, let's have one. And he's like, all right, let's just, you know, let's take her easy. You know, like we don't, nobody needs to be a hero, right? <laughs> yeah, all right. So we take it right to center ice. And I'm thinking, you know, we're going to grab and, and, you know, we're going to have a fight, but, you know, we're not going to get carried away, right? All of a sudden, I'm behind about six, right? And he's like, whap, 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 whap. He's just <laughs> feeding me my lunch. My, help, my head ends up stuck inside the sleeve of my jersey, and I'm, like, blind. And all I feel is just these jackets, like these sledgehammers hitting me in the face. <laughs> so I get, get to the dressing room. My eyes are swelled shut. My nose is over by my ear somewhere. And, my phone, my phone starts ringing. My, you know, I'm putting my dress clothes back on. My phone's ringing, and it's, it's Jamie, Robin's wife, and she's calling me. You assholes! I was watching the game. You guys are so stupid. <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. And then, so we, yeah, I think me and Robin ended up going out and having a few that night. I think they flew out the next morning. I think I had to, I think I had to scrape them onto an airplane at the. At the Dallas airport the next morning. Yeah, but but Rob and I've been Rob and I've been lifelong friends, and you know we'll be we'll be friends till till the day we die. Like I said, I I stay in touch with Robin. You know, 
you know, not as much as I'd like to right now, you know, being down here and stuff, but any opportunity I get to, to get to have a, have a visit with Robin, you know, we, we get caught up and like I said, it's nothing for him to, to show up at my house in the summertime and for me to walk in the door and Robin would be sitting on my couch, you know, playing with my dogs or, or vice versa, you know, I'll, I'll go to his house and he'll be out and I'll, you know, have, have supper with Jamie and Phoenix, his daughter. Like we're, we're that close of friends. That's awesome, man. That's, that's great. Um, yeah, big snake, absolute legend in, in the enforcer and minor pro hockey world for sure. Um, and, and one of the, you know, one of the, probably one of the more underrated talents too. Oh, yeah, like for he, sure. yeah, he, he could, was Robin, it. Robin could, Robin could play the game, you know, yeah. like I, you know, he, he wasn't, uh, he, you know, he's another guy that probably could have played at a high, you know, he probably could have played in the NHL or, you know, he played in the American league, but he probably could have played in the NHL. You know, he went, I know he went to a lot of NHL camp if he hadn't got himself roped into that fighter role so much, you know, like they expected, you know, Robin's my size and they expected him to be out there fighting John Scott or, you know, Jody Shelley or those guys, whereas Robin had a little more skill, I think, but you know, he wasn't, wasn't big enough to be a heavyweight but he was trying to be, you know, and, and, you know, back then, you know, to be a heavy at, in any league, you had to be six foot eight, 300 pounds, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. You had to be just like a mammoth among all these yeah. people. Um, so actually you ended up back in Huntsville the following season. Um, and you, well, you had a guy on the team I got to ask you about. Um, and that was at this point, man, you look at, it's funny. You look at the roster from when you were on there before and just now how, how many like legends that, aren't on that team anymore. Like no Degers, Phillips, anybody like that. But a guy I got to ask you about is Kyle Sheen. Sheener. So Sheener and I grew up together as well. Sheener was, uh, I, I, I mean, I always, I saw it once again. I, I knew Sheener. I knew Sheener growing up. Sheener was, Sheen was another guy that, you know, probably he was, he was tough. Um, but she, you know, Sheen, Sheen just never really, really found his, um, you know, found his groove in the, in the minors, you know, like he just never could ever, you know, call a place home, you know, whereas, you know, he probably, you know, if he found a good spot and he stuck, you know, he could still be playing, you know, like Sheener, Sheener is a talented hockey player and tough, but he never seemed to get any traction, traction, you know, you know, in a, in a, in a spot, you know? Right. Um, well, before I ask you about the, the, the guy you fought with, well, this guy you fought twice, and I had him on the show as well, great dude. Um, but I got to ask, so you brought it up a little bit before um, before you got in one of your, your fights with Goody. Uh, the aspect of, you know, the, the tough guy role, the enforcer, did you ever have any problems like sleeping the night before or before certain oh, games? Some, I still do. I'm 37 and, you know. <laughs> going into going into certain cities or you know when i know that me and pacer are gonna go or you know i gotta fight willie i still i still to this day have um you know i get i get anxiety from it and stuff um but it's you know i'm 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 blessed to be able to do this still so i mean i'm not i'm definitely not complaining about it but it, it does weigh heavy on your mind um but you know like i said it's, it's part of, it's part of the role i'm sure I'm sure goal scorers um, probably have nightmares about certain goalies and certain goalies have nightmares about certain goal scorers. I've never been fortunate enough to ever uh, be put in one of those positions, <laughs> but so I guess I just got to, I just got to look at it as uh, it's, you know, it's my job and, and I got to do it. Absolutely. Um, well, the guy I'm going to ask you about, you actually fought him twice that year. 
uh, and dude fought in the Quebec League. He was a part of the black and blue Battle of the Hockey Enforcers tournament going on, uh, and that's Jason Bone. What was it like fighting him? You fought him twice that year. Yeah, Boner was another Boner was another guy that that I lost sleep over. Um, so he was in Jacksonville, and I was in I was in Winston Salem by that point. Huntsville traded me to Winston Salem, um, and we played him in the play first round of playoffs. We were in Jacksonville, and like you go to Jacksonville, and their their beer gardens there were called the Boneyard. <laughs> like they like like Jason Bone was an absolute legend in Jacksonville, Florida. And like absolutely terrified. Like he's six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds. He always skated like really hunched over. Like so he like he almost looked like a like a fucking like a Neanderthal, right? Shaved head. <laughs> and so they, they played the national anthem game one in Jacksonville. They played the national anthem. And he's standing there and he didn't take his eyes off me. Like so in Jacksonville, the way the rink was, we we stood like facing like the 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 stars and stripes were hung like kind of in the middle of the arena. Gotcha. So both teams were like like look both teams looked up at the at the flag, and Boner is in the starting lineup, and I'm on the bench, and he's like just I his eyes are as big as dinner plates, and he didn't take them off me right, and I'm absolutely shitting my pants on the bench like come like hold this like so I'm like okay. This is the first round of playoffs, and I was playing. I was logging a lot of minutes back then too, you know. Like I was, you know, like I was killing penalties, and I was second power play unit, so I was, I was playing quite a bit. And I'm like, I'm going to be an absolute fucking disaster if I don't, you know, go out there and do it. Like I'm not, I'm, I can't even think right now. So I just said to our coach, I said, uh, it was, uh, it was Mark Richards at the time. I said, Richie, just put me out right now. Like, let me get this over with. So I jumped out and I was a D man. Bono was a forward and I jumped out and I just lined up next to him. He's like, uh, are you, he looked down and he's like, Are you ready? I'm like, Yeah, you know, and I'm trying to be as scary as I can, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. So we we actually had a pretty good one. And we were going, you know, we we're like we we're trading, trading toe to toe in the rink of Jacksonville's going going bananas. We we're going toe to toe. And I caught him with a left and he kind of slipped to go over backwards. And, you know, I, I hesitated for a split second and he put like planted his back leg and just came over the top with a big one and like, like shook every, like every, every part of my body went numb and I kind of dropped my head and he hit me again and dropped me to my knees. I was like, well, whatever, you know, I got that out of the way. We lost that game. So the next night we were back in Winston Salem and, uh, they had a kid who actually played. He was actually one of my first pro fights. He played in Columbus. His name was Connor McDonald. He's a real tough kid. He actually passed away in a motorbike accident year, like 15 years ago now. Um, but I fought. I fought Connor. I fought Connor earlier in that game, and then uh, I did pretty good. And we were up. We were up three one or something, and then uh, Boner comes. You know. Gar- like 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 a gargoyle comes out and you know you ready you ready kid I'm like yeah <laughs> all right boner and i ended up having my second fight with him i wish there was footage of that second with him because it was actually a lot more you know I, neither one of us went down it was a real good fight too um i was you know but it was boner was tough and boner was absolutely terrifying and that was his 
that was his last season. He retired after that. Um, but I, he's another guy I've, I've stayed stayed in touch with, and you know he's a he's a really great guy. And you know what he does, you know, in his community. You know, he's from Manitoba and does so much work with you know like underprivileged uh, underprivileged kids and stuff. Boner's Boner's you know another guy that's just you know just a stand up individual. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, I just I just this question just popped into my mind because I I thought about it uh, when I mentioned that he fought in the black and blue battle of the hockey enforcers tournament. So actually, there is a new tournament coming out that people might have heard of, uh, run by AJ Galante called Ice Wars, and it's going to be almost like the same thing. Uh, it's like a it's a hockey fight for people who are listening. Like, what are you talking about? It is like an MMA fight, but it's literally a hockey fight. Um, is there actually any chance that you're going to compete in that? Yeah, I've uh, I've been talking with AJ uh, almost weekly. We're just kind of ironing out ironing out the details right now. Um, but yeah, I, I was one of the first guys they contacted about it. So I'm not sure who I'm going to be fighting or when I'm going to be fighting or where I'm going to be fighting. But but I um, well, there was the, so there's the first one in, in Prince George, and I was like begging the promoter. This is when I was a kid in junior, and I was begging them to get me on the show. And I think Dean Mayran won the won the first one yes he did so i wanted to fight on that one because my best like my best friend in the world is Derek parker um and he was on it and uh, you know i wanted to get on it, but i was like five foot ten 165 pounds when i was 18 so they're like yeah kid you know you might you know you might you might want to tread carefully in this one <laughs> so they didn't put me on that one and then they had one over in Finland years yep. later. I think that one was Ice Wars and I was, or something like that. Ice Wars or Ice, yeah, I can't remember. So I, I, I don't, I, my buddy actually, my buddy Yuka out in Finland was a big promoter in that, and I think it was uh, the mm-hmm. Ice Warriors is what it was called at the time. Yeah, so I, I signed with it. I had my plane ticket booked to Finland. We're gone, and and I and I I took a. Cause it was, it was like early, late, late summer, early fall when it was on. So I hadn't fought anybody since like say February. And I, you know, so I took, I, I took an MMA fight like two weeks before I was supposed to be over in Finland at this, at this event. And I booked this, this fight that was supposed to just kind of be a tune up fight and get me ready for this event against like kind of an unknown kid. And he ended up like knocking me unconscious, like T-Rex arms. Oh, like shit. I was at, so, you know, this is when YouTube was just kind of coming out and stuff. So I tried to keep it hush hush and the promoters over and over in Finland got a hold of that. And they're like, man, we can't bring you over. Like it wouldn't be very good for our product. If, you know, like seeing that, you know, this kid destroy you two weeks before, you know, they, they needed me to get medically cleared and, probably good a good thing i didn't go at the time looking back on it but so i was super you know super disappointed because these are two th- two events that i was you know i wanted to be a part of so when you know when when these guys with ice wars contacted me i mean i jumped at it right away and we we're actually up in danbury uh, about a month back and and i sat down with with aj and we talked about you know a lot of stuff and the direction we wanted you know he wants to take it and i've you know i've been talking to him you know every every week you know just spitballing ideas about you know this whole this whole event so yeah i mean i think it's i think it's a unique format it's a unique thing 
and yeah, I, I want to be, I want to be a part of it, you know, as much as I can moving forward. I think it's, I think it's, it's awesome. Oh, for sure. If, and I always said this uh, when I first heard of it, if you'd have told me uh, like, you know, a year ago that there was going to be a hockey fight tournament in the year of 2022, I just said, you're fucking nuts because hockey fighting now just has that aura around it. And people are so concerned with concussions and, uh, you know, CTE and everything like that. So I, was, I just, I have no clue how the fuck they're going to pull this off, but it looks like it's going to happen. And um, I've, I've talked with a couple guys with it. I know Charlie's reached out to me to kind of go over some stuff uh, with the podcast and them uh, over there. So oh, I'm looking forward to see where it goes. And if I can somehow get there, I would be there in a fucking heartbeat, wherever, wherever it's going to be held. I'm not sure if it's going to be in Canada or the U S yet. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm in no rush to get back to Canada just with, with everything going on up there right now. Right. So I kind of, I kind of made it clear that, you know, the, that I don't, I don't want to compete in Canada. Um, just cause I don't, you know, until, until Canada becomes, you know, uh, a safe place for, for people, people to be, I don't want to set foot in that country. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, actually, you know, my mom and my brother are, are up there right now and my brother's trying to get out. It's uh it's, it's a bad direction that country's going. So, like I said, going back to the, the ice war stuff, um, I'm, yeah, like I said, the first event down here, you know, we've looked at, you know, we've talked about maybe Vegas, maybe Biloxi, um, possibly even, possibly even in Columbus, who knows, you know, maybe, maybe Tampa, Tampa has been, been mentioned. So, yeah, I, I remember initially there was going to be one that was going to be in. I think they had talked about it in the early rumblings of Tampa, and I would have been there. But of course, it's gotten kicked back a little bit, and uh, yeah, everything with COVID, and you, you never know what some of the restrictions different. Every state's different. Um, I know that was a big thing at the time. I think now it's starting to open up a bit more. Um, but yeah, whenever whenever it happens, I definitely want to either be there or I'll definitely be watching it and on on pay per view, um, and definitely looking forward to seeing you compete for sure. Um, so, uh, you know, the, actually the next year, though, you end up in, in Tulsa. And one fight I got to ask you about, and another another big name uh, in the minor pro world that you fought, and this dude's fucking tough, was Brett Angel. Yeah, but, uh, it's, it's funny. I, I actually, uh, uh, another sports supporter actually um, sent, me, sent me a message today about the fight against Brett Angel. Um, that was kind of the beginning of the end for me in Tulsa. We are in. We're in, uh, we're in Bossier, we're in Shreveport, Louisiana, and uh, um, uh, Angel had just gotten sent down from from uh, Columbus, I think, from the NHL. Um, and so, he, like this guy's six eight, two hundred eighty pounds, and I'm, you know, I got, you know, a wife, two kids, trying to make it to the next level, kind of thing, and you know, you know, trying to be be a part of it, and. And Dan Hodge was our coach, and he goes, you know, Schmitty, under no circumstances do you fight Brett Angel. You know, Shreveport, that, that arena seats, you know, 8,000 people. It's going nuts. We're down 5 nothing at the end of the second. And so I go out, and so I'm lined up against Brett Angel, and, like, I'm now the person I am, you know, I if, 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 if Jerome Bouchard tells me I, I can't fight, I'm not going to fight. You know, but at that time I was, you know, young and, you know, maybe, maybe a little more ego driven. So I'm like, let's go, man. So I drop my gloves, I square off, 
and he's so big and so strong and he hit me like three times and he actually like hit me in the back of the head and I actually have a scar on the back of my head because he hit me so hard on the back top of my head like a pressure cut and blew my head apart <laughs> and so I have this big like scar like I don't, I don't like I have a big bald spot on top of my head but I also have like another big bald spot <laughs> further back from from Brad Angel so I get into the dressing room and and uh, and Haji comes in where he's you know he needed to be pissed off at someone you know he's pissed off at all of us but Schmidt, take your fucking shit off. You're done here. So I'm crying. You know, I'm all upset. And I just lost. My team lost. I didn't really fit into the scheme of things in, in Tulsa then. So we got home. We got home. And, uh, you know, I told my wife. And and I said, you know, probably probably best to start packing. We got home from Shreveport. And then we headed up. We headed up on the road. We were in, I think we were in Rapid City one night. And uh, Colorado against the Eagles the next night or something. And I played two more games for Tulsa and I played like shit. I think it was minus five or something. <laughs> and we got back, we got back to, we got back to Tulsa and me and it was a Sunday. I remember it was a Sunday afternoon and I, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough to kind of see the writing on the wall. And um, my, my wife had the apartment packed up already and, and, uh, we got back on Sunday morning from the road. And I think Sunday night, Haji called me to the office. And we asked Mitty, we're, we're letting you go. So I was, you know, kind of, I knew what was going on. And then, you know, at that time, you know, like being married, my, my marriage was kind of, kind of on the way out at the time too. So my life was kind of falling apart. So we headed back to, we headed back to Canada and I, I played senior there for, for a few years. And, you know, senior back home was, actually pretty good, pretty good hockey. It's actually really, really good hockey. And I was, you know, able to, to play, you know, play quite a bit. And I, you know, started a business there and stuff. So, you know, sometimes things work out, you know, work out the way, way they're supposed to too. Right. For sure, man. Um, so, you know, after Tulsa and, you know, you're gone, you stepped away from the game, you're playing senior hockey a bit, but you actually get really involved into like MMA and boxing. How did that kind of come about for you? Um, I was just, you know, I, 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 I amateur boxed, you know, growing up and then, um, and then, uh, got back, got back, got back home and, you know, started kind of, you know, messing around a little bit with MMA and took some, took some fights and, and did pretty well, you know, at, at the amateur level. And then, um, did pretty well at, at the amateur level. And then, uh, and then, um, you know, went, went pro and, and opened, opened a gym and, you know, it was, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely a learning experience, you know, running, running a business and stuff. Um, but I had, I had a good run as a, as a pro fighter. I was never, I don't know. I was never, I was always kind of like that gatekeeper, right. Where I, you know, I was probably never gonna, you know, make it to the show. But if you beat me, you're probably going to go to the show, you know. So I fought. I fought a lot of really, really good guys that ended up, you know, having really, really good long careers. Um, so I'm I'm pretty proud of that, you know, that I that I never ever ever turned down a fight, and I fought at multiple weight classes, and I, you know, I think in 19 pro MMA fights, I only missed weight the one time, you know, moving from 
heavyweight to light heavyweight to middleweight, and I even fought at welterweight a few times. How tough is that? I've always wondered that because I'm, I, you know, it's funny. People always ask me, you know, um, you know, you're into hockey fights all the time. You know, do you watch MMA? I really don't watch that much MMA and boxing. But one thing that's kind of interested to me is how hard is it to cut weight? And like you said, you just went from like a heavyweight to a welterweight. You know, how hard is it to cut weight like that, man? It was, it's funny. It's kind of one of those things. Like it's, it's almost like a euphoric feeling. Like when you're cutting weight and you're like pushing to make a certain weight and you're like, you know, you're like, I'm going to, I want to, I want to, um, you know, I got to make 170 or make 172 or 175 or whatever. And you're, you know, you're water loading and you're focusing on your diet and all sorts of things. And then, um, you know, and then you, you know, you, you, you have that, you know, that big weight cut where you got to cut all that water out of yourself. And when you finally make that weight, it's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a feeling that I, that, you know, you, you'll never be able to, to replicate, right. You can't, you can't describe the feeling to someone. But it definitely, it definitely kicks the shit out of you going from, from 195 to, uh, to 170 pounds in, uh, in, you know, 24 hours. Yeah, that's, that's fucking insane. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I need to, I need to start cutting weight. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but aside from the, the MMA, uh, and we, we got it, we are, I talked to talk to you about it a little bit before we got going, but you're actually involved with the rodeo as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when did, when did that kind of start and what, what exactly do you do with rodeo? Um, I, I always grew up around rodeo and it was, you know, I grew up in a rodeo family. Um, and I tried riding bulls for quite a while and I was, you know, I was just, I was, I was never too, I was never too good at it. Um, so then, um, so then, you know, my, my best, you know, one of my closest friends, he's a, he's one of the best bullfighters in the world. And, you know, I was like, you know, let, let me give it a try, you know, and I, I stepped into it and I did pretty well at it. And, you know, I had had some success at it and I actually, you know, moved down to the States last summer and, and entered some entered some uh, some freestyle bullfights, you know, fighting some, you know, Spanish fighting bulls, which is which is another which is a whole <laughs> new world, man. It's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. You know, it, we're here now with 2021, the 22 season. You're with Columbus now, and you've already, you know, like I said, you've made a, made a, a big splash in the hockey fight world and just sports in general. Because, like I said, even John Boy Media covered it, which is a massive channel for sports reviews and video breakdowns and what have you. Um, but you actually signed with the Columbus River Dragons. How was it? You know what made you come back and want to go pro again from being you know your last season was oh eight oh nine and now fast forward we're here twenty twenty one twenty two uh and you're signed with Columbus you know how did that kind of come about with you signing here uh hang on one second. yeah okay. um um yeah no I signed with uh so I was I was li- I was actually living with living with Goose in um, in Huntsville, and I was rodeoing, and um, and uh, and Jared Rutledge is the goalie here in, in Columbus, and I've known him for for years. And you know, he said he said like, Are you, "Do you still have a desire to to play pro?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And he's like, "Well, you know, we need we need a 
we need a tough guy here and um we need a tough guy here in uh in um in Columbus. So I came to Columbus and I was like, Jerome, you know, I didn't know Jerome personally. Um, but I, I, um, he, um, you know, I played against him and I was like, you know, I was always kind of, you know, I was always kind of on a different, uh, you know, the other, the other end of things with, with them. And, uh, you know, Jerome, Jerome welcomed me and, and, you know, I've had, I've been able to, you know, play a, play a role for him and you know he's the type of coach where you know there's a lot of coaches that you know just expect you to expect you to to go to war for them because they say so and Jerome's one of those coaches that you know you'll 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 follow into hell and back you know he's one of those guys that's been there and you know he coaches he coaches the same way he played you know he coaches with his he coaches with his heart on his sleeve and he played played with his heart on his sleeve so he's one of those guys that no matter how busted up or how hurt or, you know, how scared you are, you're going to go to war for that man, you know? No, for sure. Um, it's, how did this this whole rivalry that you got going on with, with Joe Pace come about? Because you see these fights with you guys and, um, it's almost like uh, like boxing slash like MMA style. You know, you're touching you're touching knucks at the uh, at center rice, and then there's zero defense in these fights. I mean, it's it, it's very. I I said it um, to somebody once they they first started making their rounds to me. I was like, I haven't seen fights like this since like the Bosse Morasti kind of saga. Like this is fucking insane. You know how did how did this rivalry with Joe Pace start? Well, Pacer and I started at the same time, right? We 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 started playing pro hockey at the same time. Um, so we, and actually he signed me in, in Fort Huron one year. I actually, I, I signed, I signed there and I signed in Knoxville that year and I ended up actually having a, having a brain aneurysm. Um, so I couldn't play anywhere. I couldn't really do much of anything that year. That was, I got, I got punched in the head in an MMA fight and busted my head up pretty good and ended up with an aneurysm. Um, so I didn't end up playing at all, but so Pacer and I were, you know, we knew each other. We were, you know, we were cordial to each other, you know, through the years in the minors and then uh we we're in we we're in Biloxi one night because they're bringing a team into Mississippi and Pacers kind of running it but he was playing for Port Huron and we just ended up having a really 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 good fight like it was just a spur of the moment like which don't have you know in my role those those type of fights don't happen very often it was just like let's go ready yeah okay and it just turned out to be a really really great fight so then the next night we we're in Columbus and I'm like, you know, let's, let's go again. You know what I mean? But let's square off and, you know, do it right. You know, like rather than, you know, like, you know, not jump each other, but like, let's, let's find a time and place and let's do it right. So, you know, we were totally honest about it. And, you know, we touch gloves just so we know we're ready. And then Pacer and I are such, we have such a similar build and, you know, like our arms are pretty much the exact same length. His head might be a little bigger than mine, but <laughs> We, you know, we just grab on and, and, you know, we're, we're, we're swinging for the fences and, and, you know, like, you know, some people like, you know, a lot of like some sports writers and some people on the internet have said, you know, they're staged or whatever. And I mean, we know they're coming and we know when it's going to happen, but that's it. The, the rest of the fight we're, we're, we're going, we're trying to, we're trying to hurt each other, you know, but there's no, there's no animosity. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, we both, you know, been, been pretty successful at, at what we've done, you know? 
Yeah, I've never liked that term staged. I hate like the media made that up. I hate the term staged in hockey because it's like it's the wrong word. I think if you're going to say anything, maybe it's a planned fight. Like, you know, OK, we're going to go this time or you're talking in warm ups. You, you, you want to go tonight? OK, yeah, we'll go. The term stage just sounds fake. It makes it sound like pro wrestling to me. I've, n- I've never liked that term for hockey fights at all. Yeah, those, those fights with Pacer, like if you look at my hands, like I think like yeah. my hand, like my hands, like we're making we're making direct contact with each other's faces. You know, every time every time I fought Pacer, you know, I've 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 left. We both left with you know definitely with each other's blood on each other. For sure. Um, and another guy you've also developed a rivalry with. You actually you fought him more than Pace this year so far, but that's Nick Williams, and it's almost the same thing. You know. You just stand in the pocket and fucking throw. There's no defense. There's no jersey jabbing and, you know, oh, just don't hit me. It's uh, You're fucking wide open the entire time. Yeah, Willie's – and Willie's another guy that – Willie and I are actually really close friends. Like, we're – you know, Willie. Willie's the guy that, that I can go to with, you know, if I'm having a bad day or something, you know, I can I can, I can can have a talk with Willie about those things. And we're really good friends. And you know we're just we're just both trying to trying to do a job. Difference between Willie and and Pacer is Willie Willie hits like a fucking truck, man. Like when Willie hits you in the head, it like I I like I felt my teeth rattle. You know what I mean? Like I like Willie hits so fucking hard, man. Um, and you know same thing, right? It's it's mutual respect, and we're just two two guys trying to trying to do a job for our team. You know, like. It's there's no there's there's zero animosity and in fact you know I think um, you know knowing what we both have to go through you know leading up to those fights um, I think that actually you know makes us you know probably closer in, in a certain sense you know yeah no it makes sense um, well man there we have it uh, you know your your kind of career wrapped up at least you know up until this point um, and we're I'm looking forward to seeing you compete at the Ice Wars tournament. That's going to go on with uh, AJ Galante and them. Uh, I do have one question for you, though. Is there a chance that we see Justin Schmidt for the 2022-23 season in Columbus? I'm ho- I'm hoping so. I mean, you know, right now, right now, my focus is obviously, you know, we got this last month before playoffs, and then, you know, hopefully we can bring a championship to Columbus. Um, you know, whatever direction, you know, they want to go next season, I guess, you know, that's that's up to me and how well I perform, you know, the next month. But yeah, as, as long as I can, you know, I, I'd love to finish my career um, here in Columbus. But, you know, if not, you know, if, if you know, if they want to go a certain direction next year, that's, you know, that's that's on them. And, you know, I, I like I said, I'd love I'd love to play here till I'm till I'm 100 if I can. But, you know, if if not, hopefully I can find a home somewhere else and I'll, you know, I'll give, give that team my, my best effort. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and talk about your career. Legendary career so far is unreal. Um, so thank you, Justin, for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. For sure. Anytime. Maybe I'll get you back on after the Ice Wars tournament and we'll get some uh we'll get some stories that'd, from how that how that uh that all came about. That'd be cool. Cool. It'd be it'd be fun to have uh, me and Willie on or me and Pacer on too one night. That'd be a fun Oh, if we can arrange that, that'd be great. We'll do like a fight breakdown of both your, uh, well, you know, I'll get that, some compilations and we'll break it down that'd for be, you. That'd be really neat, too. Absolutely, man. Well, you have yourself a good night, Justin. Thank you again for coming. Awesome, on. man. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. Have a good one, man. Okay, take care. Bye.